This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read and recorded by Betsy Bush. Marquette, Michigan. October 2006. Rutabaga Stories by Carl Sandburg. Part 4. Four Stories About the Deep Doom of Dark Doorways. People. The Rag Doll. The Broom Handle. Spoon Lickers. Chocolate Chins. Dirty Bibs. Tin Pan Bangers. Clean Ears. Easy Ticklers. Musical Soup Eaters. Chubby Chubs. Sleepy Heads. Snoo Blink, Swink, and Jink. Blunk, Swunk, and Junk. Mrs. Snickers. Eat a Pika Pie. Meeny Miney. Miney Mo. A Potato Bug Millionaire. Bimbo the Snip. Bevo the Hike. A Ward Alderman. A Barn Boss. A Weatherman. A Traffic Policeman. A Monkey. A widow woman, an umbrella handle maker. The wedding procession of the rag doll and the broom handle, and who was in it? The rag doll had many friends the whisk broom, the furnace shovel, the coffee pot. They all liked the rag doll very much. But when the rag doll married, it was the broom handle she picked because the broom handle fixed her eyes. A proud child, proud but careless, banged the head of the rag doll against a door one day, and knocked off both the glass eyes sewed on long ago. It was then the broom handle found two black California prunes, and fastened the two California prunes just where the eyes belonged. So then the rag doll had two fine black eyes brand new. She was even nicknamed Black Eyes by some people. There was a wedding when the rag doll married the broom handle. It was a grand wedding, with one of the grandest processions ever seen at a rag doll wedding. And we are sure no broom handle ever had a grander wedding procession when he got married. Who marched in the procession? Well, first came the spoon lickers. Every one of them had a teaspoon or a soup spoon, though most of them had a big tablespoon. On the spoons, what did they have? Oh, some had butterscotch, some had gravy, some had marshmallow fudge. Everyone had something slickery-sweet or fat to eat on the spoon. And as they marched in the wedding procession of the rag doll and the broom handle, they licked their spoons and looked around and licked their spoons again. Next came the tin pan bangers. Some had dish pans, some had frying pans, some had potato peeling pans. All the pans were tin with tight tin bottoms, and the tin pan bangers banged with knives and forks and iron and wooden bangers on the bottoms of the tin pans. And as they marched in the wedding procession of the rag doll and the broom handle, they banged their pans and looked around and banged again. Then came the chocolate chins. They were all eating chocolates, and the chocolate was slippery and slickered all over their chins. Some of them spattered the end of their noses with black chocolate. 
Some of them spread the brown chocolate nearly up to their ears, and then, as they marched in the wedding procession of the rag doll and the broom handle, they stuck their chins in the air and looked around and stuck their chins in the air again. Then came the dirty bibs. They wore plain white bibs, checker bibs, stripe bibs, blue bibs, and bibs with butterflies. But all the bibs were dirty. The plain white bibs were dirty. The checker bibs were dirty. The stripe bibs, the blue bibs, and the bibs with butterflies on them. They were all dirty. And so, in the wedding procession of the rag doll and the broom handle, the dirty bibs marched with their dirty fingers on the bibs, and they looked around and laughed, and looked around and laughed again. Next came the clean ears. They were proud. How they got into the procession, nobody knows. Their ears were all clean. They were clean not only on the outside, but they were clean on the inside. There was not a speck of dirt or dust or muss or mess on the inside nor the outside of their ears. And so, in the wedding procession of the rag doll and the broom handle, they wiggled their ears and looked around and wiggled their ears again. The easy ticklers were next in the procession. Their faces were shining. Their cheeks were like bars of new soap. Their ribs were strong, and the meat and the fat was thick on their ribs. It was plain to see. They were saying, Don't tickle me, because I tickle so easy. And as they marched in the wedding procession of the rag doll and the broom handle, they tickled themselves and laughed, and looked around and tickled themselves again. The music was furnished mostly by the musical soup eaters. They marched with big bowls of soup in front of them, and big spoons for eating the soup. They whistled and chuzzled and snozzled the soup, and the noise they made could be heard far up at the head of the procession, where the spoon-lickers were marching. So they dipped their soup, and looked around, and dipped their soup again. The chubby-chubs were next. They were roly-poly, round-faced smackers and snoozers. They were not fat babies, oh no, oh no, not fat, but just chubby and easy to squeeze. They marched on their chubby legs and chubby feet, and chubbed their chubs, and looked around and chubbed their chubs again. The last of all in the wedding procession of the rag doll and the broom handle were the sleepy heads. They were smiling and glad to be marching, but their heads were slimpsing down, and their smiles were half fading away and their eyes were half shut, or a little more than half shut. They staggered just a little, as though their feet were not sure where they were going. They were the sleepy heads, the last of all in the wedding procession of the rag doll and the broom handle, and the sleepy heads they never looked around at all. It was a grand procession, don't you think so? How the Hat Ashes Shovel Helped Snoofoo If you want to remember the names of all the six of the Snickers children, remember that the three biggest were named Blink, Swink, and Jink, but the three littlest ones were named Blunk, Swunk, and Junk. One day last January the three biggest had a fuss with the three littlest. The fuss was about a new hat for Snoofoo, the snowman about what kind of a hat he should wear, 
and how he should wear it. Blink, Swink, and Jink said, He wants a crooked hat put on straight. Blunk, Swunk, and Junk said, He wants a straight hat put on crooked. They fussed and fussed. Blink fussed with Blunk, Swink fussed with Swunk, and Jink fussed with Junk. The first ones to make up after the fuss were Jink and Junk. They decided the best way to settle the fuss. Let's put on a crooked hat on crooked, said Jink. No, let's put a straight hat on straight, said Junk. Then they stood looking and looking into each other's shiny, laughing eyes, and then both of them exploded to each other at the same time. Let's put on two hats, a crooked hat crooked, and a straight hat straight. Well, they looked around for hats, but there were not any hats anywhere. That is, no hats big enough for a snowman with a big head like Snoofoo. So they went in the house and asked their mother for the hat ashes shovel. Of course, in most any other house, the mother would be all worried if six children came tramping and clomping in, banging the door, and all six ejaculating to their mother at once, Where is the hat ashes shovel? But Mrs. Sniggers wasn't worried at all. She rubbed her chin with her finger and said softly, Oh, la-dee-da, oh, la-dee-da, where is that hat-ashes shovel? Last week I had it when I was making a hat for Mr. Sniggers. I remember I had that hat-ashes shovel right up here over the clock. Oh, la-dee-da, oh, la-dee-da. Go out and ring the front door bell, she said to Jink Sniggers. Jink ran away to the front door, and Mrs. Sniggers and the five children waited. Bling, bling! The bell began ringing, and, listen, the door of the clock opened, and the hat-ashes shovel fell out. Oh, la-dee-da! Get out of here in a hurry, said Mrs. Sniggers. Well, the children ran out and dug a big pail of hat-ashes with the hat-ashes shovel, and they made two hats for Snoofoo. One was a crooked hat, the other was a straight hat. And they put the crooked hat on crooked, and the straight hat on straight. And there stood Snoofoo, in the front yard, and everybody who came by on the street, he would take off his hat to them, the crooked hat with his arm crooked, and the straight hat with his arm straight. That was the end of the fuss between the Snickers children, and it was Jink, the littlest one of the biggest, and Junk, the littlest one of the littlest, who settled the fuss by looking clean into each other's eyes and laughing. If you ever get into a fuss, try this way of settling it. Three Boys with Jugs of Molasses and Secret Ambitions in the village of liver and onions, if one boy goes to the grocery for a jug of molasses, it is just like always. And if two boys go to the grocery for a jug of molasses together, it is just like always. But if three boys go to the grocery for a jug of molasses each, and all together, then it is not like always at all, at all. Itapika Pie grew up with wishes and wishes working inside him and for every wish inside him he had a freckle outside on his face. Whenever he smiled, 
the smile ran way back into the far side of his face and got lost in the wishing freckles. Meany Miney grew up with suspicions and suspicions working inside him, and after a while some of the suspicions got fastened on his eyes and some of the suspicions got fastened on his mouth. But when he looked at other people straight in the face they used to say, Meany Miney looks so sad-like, I wonder if he'll get by. Miney Mo was different. He wasn't sad-like and suspicious like Meany Miney, nor was he full of wishes inside and freckles outside like eat a peck a pie. He was all mixed up inside with wishes and suspicions. So he had a few freckles and a few suspicions on his face. When he looked other people straight in the face, they used to say, I don't know whether to laugh or cry. So here we have them, three boys growing up with wishes, suspicions, and mixed-up wishes and suspicions. They all looked different from each other. Each one, however, had a secret ambition. And all three had the same secret ambition. An ambition is a little creeper that creeps and creeps in your heart night and day, singing a little song. Come and find me, come and find me. The secret ambition in the heart of Eda Pekka Pie, Meeny Miney, and Miney Mo, was an ambition to go railroading, to ride on railroad cars night and day, year after year. The whistles and the wheels of railroad trains were music to them. Whenever the secret ambition crept in their hearts, and made them so sad, so sad it was hard to live and stand for it, they would all three put their hands on each other's shoulders and sing the song of Joe. The chorus was like this. Joe, Joe, broke his toe on the way to Mexico, came back, broke his back, sliding on the railroad track. One fine summer morning, all three mothers of all three boys gave each one a jug and said, Go to the grocery and get a jug of molasses. All three got to the grocery at the same time, and all three went out of the door of the grocery together, each with a jug of molasses together, and each with his secret ambition creeping around in his heart, all three together. Two blocks from the grocery they stopped under a slippery elm tree. Eat a peck of pie was stretching his neck looking straight up into the slippery elm tree. He said it was always good for his freckles, and it helped his wishes to stand under a slippery elm and look up. While he was looking up, his left hand let go the jug handle of the jug of molasses, and the jug went ka-flump, ka-flumpity-flump, down on the stone sidewalk, cracked into pieces, and let the molasses go running out over the sidewalk. If you have never seen it, let me tell you molasses running out of a broken jug, over a stone sidewalk, under a slippery elm tree, looked peculiar and mysterious. Eta Pekka Pie stepped into the molasses with his bare feet. It's a lot of fun, he said. It tickles all over. So Meeny Miney and Miney Mo both stepped into the molasses with their bare feet. Then what happened just happened. One got littler, another got littler, all three got littler. "'You look to me only big as a potato bug,' 
said Eda Pekka Pie to Meeny Miney and Miney Mo. It's the same like you look to us, said Meeny Miney and Miney Mo to Eda Pekka Pie. And then, because their secret ambition began to hurt them, they all stood with hands on each other's shoulders and sang the Mexico Joe song. Off the sidewalk they strolled across a field of grass. They passed many houses of spiders and ants. In front of one house they saw Mrs. Spider over a tub washing clothes for Mr. Spider. "'Why do you wear that frying pan on your head?' they asked her. "'In this country all ladies wear the frying pan on their head when they want a hat.' "'But what if you want a hat when you are frying with a frying pan?' asked Eda Pekka Pie. "'That never happens to any respectable lady in this country.' "'Don't you never have no new-style hats?' asked Meeny Miney. "'No, but we always have new-style frying-pans every spring and fall.' Hidden in the roots of a pink grass clump, they came to a city of twisted-nose spiders. On the main street was a store with a show-window, full of pink parasols. They walked in and said to the clerk, "'We want to buy parasols.' "'We don't sell parasols here,' said the spider-clerk. "'Well, lend us a parasol apiece,' said all three. "'Gladly, most gladly,' said the clerk. "'How do you do it?' asked Eda. "'I don't have to,' answered the spider-clerk. "'How did it begin?' "'It never was otherwise.' "'Don't you never get tired?' "'Every parasol is a joy.' "'What do you do when the parasols are gone?' "'They always come back. "'These are the famous twisted-nose parasols "'made from the famous pink grass. "'You will lose them all, all three. Then they will all walk back to me, here in this store on Main Street. I cannot sell you something I know you will surely lose. Neither can I ask you to pay for something you will forget, somewhere, sometime, and when you forget it, it will walk back here to me again. Look, look. As he said look, the door opened and five pink parasols came waltzing in and waltzed up into the show-window. They always come back. Everybody forgets. Take your parasols and go. You will forget them, and they will come back to me. He looks like he had wishes inside him, said Eda Pekka Pie. He looks like he had suspicions, said Meeny Miney. He looks like he was all mixed up wishes and suspicions said Miney Mo, And once more, because they all felt lonesome, and their secret ambitions were creeping and eating, they put their hands on their shoulders and sang the Mexico Joe song. Then came happiness. They entered the potato-bug country, and they had luck first of all the first hour they were in the potato-bug country. They met a potato-bug millionaire. "'How are you a millionaire?' they asked him. "'Because I got a million,' he answered. "'A million what?' "'A million fleems.' 
Who wants fleems? You want fleems if you're going to live here. Why so? Because fleems is our money. In the potato bug country, if you got no fleems, you can't buy nothing nor anything. But if you got a million fleems, you're a potato bug millionaire. Then he surprised them. I like you because you got wishes and freckles, he said to Eda Pekka Pie, filling the pocket of Eda with fleems. And I like you because you got suspicions, and you're sad like, he said to Meeny Miney, filling Meeny Miney's pockets full of fleems. And I like you because you got some wishes and some suspicions, and you look mixed up. He said to Miney Mo, sticking handfuls and handfuls of fleems into the pockets of Miney Mo. Wishes do come true, and suspicions come true. Here they had been wishing all their lives, and had suspicions of what was going to happen, and now it all came true. With their pockets filled with fleems, they rode on all the railroad trains of the potato bug country. They went to the railroad stations and bought tickets for the fast trains, and the slow trains, and even the trains that back up and run backward instead of where they start to go. On the dining cars of the railroads of the potato bug country, they ate wonder ham from the famous potato bug pigs, eggs from the potato bug hens, etc. It seemed to them they stayed a long while in the potato bug country, years and years. Yes, the time came when all their fleems were gone. Then, whenever they wanted a railroad ride, or something to eat, or a place to sleep, they put their hands on each other's shoulders and sang the Mexico Joe song. In the potato bug country, they all said the Mexico Joe song was wonderful. One morning, while they were waiting to take an express train on the early Ohio and Southwestern, they sat near the roots of a big potato plant under the big green leaves, and far above them they saw a dim black cloud, and they heard a shaking and a rustling and a spattering. They did not know it was a man of the village of liver and onions. They did not know it was Mr. Sniggers, putting Paris green on the potato plants. A big drop of Paris green spattered down and fell onto the heads and shoulders of all three, Eat a peck of pie, meeny miny, and miny mo. Then what happened just happened. They got bigger and bigger. One, two, three. And when they jumped up and ran out of the potato rows, Mr. Sniggers thought they were boys playing tricks. When they got home to their mothers and told all about the jug of molasses breaking on the stone sidewalk under the slippery elm tree, their mothers said it was careless. The boys said it was lucky, because it helped them get their secret ambitions. And a secret ambition is a little creeper that creeps and creeps in your heart night and day, singing a little song, Come and find me, come and find me. How Bimbo the Snip's thumb stuck to his nose when the wind changed. Once there was a boy in the village of Liver and Onions, whose name was Bimbo the Snip. He forgot nearly everything his father and mother told him to do, and told him not to do. One day his father, Bevo the Hike, came home and found Bimbo the Snip sitting on the front steps with his thumb 
fastened to his nose and the fingers wiggling i can't take my thumb away said bimbo the snip because when i put my thumb to my nose and wiggled my fingers at the ice man the wind changed and just like mother always said if the wind changed the thumb would stay fastened to my nose and not come off bevo the hike took hold of the thumb and pulled he tried a clothesline rope around it and pulled he pushed with his foot and heel against it and all the time the thumb stuck fast and the fingers wiggled from the end of the nose of bimbo the snip bevo the hike sent for the ward alderman the ward alderman sent for the barn boss of the street cleaning department the barn boss of the street cleaning department sent for the head vaccinator of the vaccination bureau of the health department the head vaccinator of the vaccination bureau of the health department sent for the big main fixer of the weather bureau where they understood the tricks of the wind and the wind changing and the big main fixer of the weather bureau said if you hit the thumb six times with the end of a traffic policeman's club the thumb will come loose so bevo the hike went to a traffic policeman standing on a street corner with a whistle telling the wagons and cars which way to go he told the traffic policeman the wind changed and bimbo the snip's thumb is fastened to his nose and will not come loose till it is hit six times with the end of a traffic policeman's club i can't help you unless you find a monkey to take my place standing on the corner telling the wagons and cars which way to go answered the traffic policeman so bevo the hike went to the zoo and said to a monkey the wind changed and bimbo the snip's thumb is fastened to his nose and will not come loose till it is hit with the end of a traffic policeman's club six times and the traffic policeman cannot leave his place on the street corner telling the traffic which way to go unless a monkey comes and takes his place the monkey answered get me a ladder with a whistle so i can climb up and whistle and tell the traffic which way to go so bevo the hike hunted and hunted over the city and looked and looked and asked and asked till his feet and his eyes and his head and his heart were tired from top to bottom then he met an old widow woman whose husband had been killed in a sewer explosion when he was digging sewer ditches and the old woman was carrying a bundle of picked-up kindling wood in a bag on her back because she did not have money enough to buy coal bevo the hike told her you have troubles so have i you are carrying a load on your back people can see i am carrying a load and nobody sees it tell me your troubles said the old widow woman he told her and she said in the next block is an old umbrella handle maker he has a ladder with a whistle he climbs on the ladder when he makes long long umbrella handles and he has the whistle on the ladder to be whistling bevo the hike went to the next block found the house of the umbrella handle maker and said to him the wind changed and bimbo the snip's thumb is fastened to his nose and will not come loose till it is hit with the end of a traffic policeman's club six times and the traffic policeman cannot leave the corner where he is telling the traffic which way to go unless a monkey takes his place 
and the monkey cannot take his place unless he has a ladder with a whistle to stand on and whistle the wagons and cars which way to go then the umbrella handle maker said to-night i have a special job because i must work on a long long umbrella handle and i will need the ladder to climb up and the whistle to do whistling but if you promise to have the ladder back by to-night you can take it bevo the hike promised then he took the ladder with a whistle to the monkey the monkey took the place of the traffic policeman while the traffic policeman went to the home of bevo the hike where bimbo the snip was sitting on the front steps with his thumb fastened to his nose wiggling his fingers at everybody passing by on the street the traffic policeman hit bimbo the snip's thumb five times with the club and the thumb stuck fast but the sixth time it was hit with the end of the traffic policeman's thumb club it came loose then bevo thanked the policeman thanked the monkey and took the ladder with the whistle back to the umbrella handle maker's house and thanked him when bevo the hike came home that night bimbo the snip was in bed and all tickled he said to his father i will be careful how i stick my thumb to my nose and wiggle my fingers the next time the wind changes end of part four